late to set another goal or dream a new dream. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. You can carve your own path and experience a life that you've never imagined for yourself. You only have one chance to become the person that you've always wanted to be, and you're the only one that can go out and make it happen. Not enough people are told that they can do things that they truly want to do in life. I'm here to tell you that you can. I believe that it's possible to live in abundance, do good, and create a life that you've always dreamed of. But the power to create your dream life lies within you. Find out what you want, believe in yourself, and go for it. But today we are talking about the law of trade-offs. And um, right now we are covering the book, the 21 or the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth with the one and only John Maxwell. And in order to grow up, we have to give up. Can I get a, a give up? We have to give up. Can someone type give up in the chat for me? In order to grow up, we have to give up. And I think we're constantly looking for ways to get into that next level of our life, in our business, in our relationships. And we're constantly asking ourselves, what will it take? What will it take? What will it take? Like, will it take vision? Yes, it will definitely take vision. Will it take hard work? Of course, it will definitely take hard work. Um, personal growth, right? Yes, we're all we're all here for some personal growth. And I do these calls with you guys so I can teach myself as well. Um, but how about letting go of some things that we love and value the most? Put a one in the chat if if you agree that we need to let go of some things that we love and value the most in order to get to that next level of our life. Right. We, we all agree. Yes. Well, majority of us agree. Yes. Right. And believe it or not, this is the thing that often holds people back, even the ones who, you know, have achieved some level of success. And we have to remind ourselves that we have to give up in order to grow up. People will cling to an unsatisfactory way of life rather than change in order to get something better for fear of getting something worse. People will cling to an unsatisfactory way of life rather than change in order to get something better for fear of getting something worse. And we all need to be motivated by the possibility of success rather than the fear of failure. Oftentimes, people will complain to me about their job. People will complain to me about situations that are happening in their life, but they're constantly doing the same thing over and over again that puts them in that same position, right? Whether it's a toxic relationship or a job that they don't like or a toxic friend that they can't stand. They're constantly hanging out with that person, constantly like putting off things that will help them become better and constantly going to that toxic relationship right? They want to they wanna change up their job, but they're not willing to work on something new. And we need to be more motivated by the possibility of success 
rather than the fear of failure. So I believe that people like go back to relationships that don't do them good because they're afraid that no one else is going to be with them. Right. Or they're afraid that they're not worthy of more or they're afraid that, you know, that's the best that they can get. But all of you have the birthright to experiencing the best life that you can imagine. Right. Our imagination is a tool and a gift from God. We don't just imagine things for fun. Whatever you're imagining, that perfect relationship, that, you know, that perfect family, nothing is perfect, but you have a birthright of receiving everything great in your life. You have a birthright to live the life of your wildest dreams. You get one life and there's no difference between you and the most successful person in the world. We all bleed the same, I believe, right? So we need to be more motivated by the possibility of success rather than the fear of failure. So I remember when I first started my business, um, if you guys don't know my story, I was working, you know, two full-time restaurant jobs. I was a full-time college student. I had an internship and I just got started in my network marketing business. And when I first started, I knew nothing about business, nothing about sales, nothing about network marketing. I kept hearing the word network marketing. And I was like, what is network marketing? I thought I was getting a promo code buy my shampoo 15% off in my bio, use the code cap from Kauai. I had no idea what I had gotten into, no idea about the industry that I was a part of. And I had to give up some things in order to gain some things. So I did not watch any Netflix for a year and a half. And if I did, it was like background noise when I was going to sleep because I'm, I'm scared of the dark. Um, I, I wouldn't listen to music in the car for a year and a half, no music. And I know that's crazy, but I listened to music for 23 years of my life. I think I could have gone a year and a half without it. And I replaced these things with audibles, with podcasts, with YouTube videos that would train me on my business and the industry that I had just entered. I remember I, I had a roommate and I was doing back-to-back -back calls. I think I was in this business for like eight months. I didn't have my, um, my Cadillac with my company yet. I had just gotten started. Everyone thought it was crazy. They had no idea why I was spending so much time on this business because it, it had been eight months. <laughs> and I told them I was going to get my, my car in six months. And it, it was not, go like, all, all of the facts played for me to not keep doing this. <laughs> and I remember one of my friends had a, a party at my house or one of my roommates and there's a bunch of people over. They were out on the patio and I had started my calls at 6 p.m. and it was 8 p.m. They're like, Kat, you're still doing calls. Like, don't you think you're working too hard? And, you know, at the time I was a pothead. I was addicted to smoking weed. I loved, you know, being in that party scene. I loved, you know, going out and have what seemed fun at the time it was what I wanted what I would have rather been doing long story short and you know they, they were smoking they were they were drinking they were having a great time and I was at my computer doing back-to-back -back calls and eight o'clock came and my friends were like what are you doing you're still doing that I was like I still have two more calls that I have to do and I had to trade off what I would have normally done you know, oh, I already did. I've already been doing this since six o'clock. I've been doing calls for two hours. Let me just take a break and put these calls off for tomorrow. Put these calls off for later in the week.
right? I, I, I easily could have done that. But I knew I had done enough personal development because I also traded off Netflix and music for mindset development, network marketing development, sales development. I, I traded it all off and I knew early on that I was going to have to give up some things that weren't valuable in my life or weren't helping my business if I wanted my life to look different in the next two years, in the next three years. And I knew that I, I, at this point, I was already smoking weed for 14 years. I was already going out every weekend or, you know, like Monday is ladies night. I, I went to UCF. So on Tuesdays, it was like liquor pitcher Tuesdays, um, takeover Tuesday, like every single day, there was some type of of thing going on and I use every everything as an excuse oh it's it's ladies night on Wednesdays it's liquor pitcher Tuesdays it's you know it's Friday it's Saturday it's Sunday I have to go to brunch I had uh, all of these reasons to be going on and I had already been doing that since I was 18 years old and I was like you know what I've already been doing this for the last five years six years like I owe it to myself to just sit down and focus for a couple years, right? If I, I told myself five years, if I do this for five years, sit down and focus, like I can't imagine where I would be if I'm switching my time up with, you know, development versus things that are still gonna be there when I come out of this. And I'll be able to do it on a private jet. I'll be able to buy the bottles at the club. I'll be able to, you know, do this on a different scale. But I knew that I had to trade off some things in order to get some things in return, right? We have to give up to grow up. And I believe that life has a bunch of intersections, right? It has opportunities to go up or it has opportunities to go down, right? And at these, inter uh, at these um, intersections, we, we get to make the choices. Our choices are 1000% our responsibility. And the most successful people know when to do which one of the three. We can either, you know, add something to our life. We can subtract something from our life. We can exchange something in our life. Something we have for something we don't have. And the most successful people know when to do which one. And I have five insights for you guys to help you understand trade-offs spot them and use them to your advantage. So for those of you that are um, super A type and you need to bullet point everything, I have five insights for you that will help you understand trade-offs, spot them and use them to your advantage. All right, drop a hundred in the chat if you are ready for some insights that will help you understand trade-offs. All right, so Number one, who has their note their notes out? Because note takers are money makers and we are rivers. We are not reservoirs. We are going to share this information with people that we love and people that, that we know will need it. So number one, trade-offs are available to us throughout life. I remember when I was younger, do you guys remember Pogs or was it just me? I would like be in the street. Is it, it was called pogs, right? Those little paper circles. Maybe it's a Filipino Hawaii thing, uh, but we had little pogs and they're these little chips that you would slap onto the ground and you would try to flip over other people's pogs. 
okay. Um, I don't know if it was just me. And I, I remember one of the, the little boys I was playing with, he had a like iridescent pog. And it was like the prettiest pog I have ever seen. I, I think they're called pogs, but it was the prettiest pog I have ever seen. And I had like these like broken down pogs, some are wet, some are peeling. And I really wanted that pog. And I told them, I'll trade you five of my pogs if you will give me that one pog. And, you know, it was nice to have a bunch of pogs, but I really wanted that, that one iridescent shiny pog. And told him, I'll trade you five. He said, no. I was like, okay, what about seven? He said, no. Okay. What about if I give you like eight? I remember I, I traded a big amount and I tried to get it like for the least amount. He said, no. And I kept upping it because I really wanted that pog. And he finally said, yes. All right. I was probably like eight years old at the time. And when, when we traded, he had more pogs, but like, I believe that the quality of the one pog that I had was better. So he was happy because he had more pogs, but I was happy because I had that pretty iridescent pog. And I believe that everybody makes trade-offs throughout life, whether they know it or not. And the question is whether you're going to make good ones or bad ones. And throughout our whole entire life, we have been making trade-offs. Okay, so in general, I believe that unsuccessful people make bad trade-offs. Average people make few trade-offs and successful people make good trade-offs. And I can estimate, I've, I've probably made over, over 10 significant trade-offs so far during my life, moving to Miami being one of them, leaving my mom, that was really hard for me, that was really big for me. Um, you know, even leaving my job for my business was a big trade-off. I loved, excuse me, I loved getting dressed up, being a cocktail waitress. Like I loved the restaurant I worked at. I'm now a regular there. I eat there every time I'm back in Orlando. Um, you know, doing these morning mindset calls, you guys, I am a girl that likes to wake up at 11 a.m., like eat breakfast at noon. Um, I am not an early person, but I've come to realize that I have to be willing to keep making significant trade-offs if I want to keep growing and striving to reach my full potential. And, you know, sometimes I'll see people like talk about, oh, you don't have to wake up early. Like I'm not an early person. I don't wake up in the morning. And that was me. Like sometimes I'd wake up at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., but, you know, then it would be 4 p.m. in no time. And even just waking up at 7.45, 8 o'clock and doing this at 9 a.m., I now have like from 9, 10, 11, 12, right? So that four hours, if I woke up at 12 o'clock, one, two, three, four. So by 12 o'clock my time, it would normally be 4 p.m. if I woke up at noon, if that makes sense. And I was constantly like finding myself not having enough time. And the goals that I want to reach, <laughs> I need more time in the day. And we can have three days in one day if we just wake up earlier because the average of people like live their life for six hours a day. They're waking up, they're scrolling, they're watching TV, they're doing all these things that don't add value. And on average, we spend six hours focusing on something or eight hours focusing on things that matter in our life. But if we wake up earlier and have three six hour increments, you're getting three days in one day, if that makes sense.
but I had to give up sleeping in. I had to give up <laughs> staying up till 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And sometimes I still do stay up late, but you guys all help hold me accountable to waking up at 9 a.m., right? And that was a big trade-off for me. I was like, what if no one listens? What if, what if I don't wake up early? But me just announcing to you guys that I was going to be doing this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. holds me accountable to waking up. Uh, Monday, at least Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's, it's already become a habit, right? So I know that making these trade-offs, these significant trade-offs, right? They're gonna help me to keep growing. They're gonna help me to keep striving to reach my potential. But when I, if, if and when I stop making them because I'm human, there will be mistakes. If I stop making them, I know that I'll arrive at a dead end in my life. And at that point, my growth, you know, it'll be done. And that will be the day that my best years are going to be behind me. And my potential is no longer going to be ahead of me. So I'm always constantly looking for things that I can trade off that aren't adding value to me. Right? Maybe you guys can drop in the chat. What are some things that you're trading off? And if, you know, maybe you're, you're evaluating yourself and you're like, I have not traded anything off. I've been doing the same thing for the past three years. Nothing is new. I'm comfortable where I am. Right. That, then you maybe think of something that isn't adding value to you that you can trade off for reading 10 pages a day. Right. Maybe put down social media for 15 minutes and read 10 pages a day. That's a small trade-off that will get you somewhere far in the next three months. I quit smoking. I work hard until late, but still push myself to get up early and get a real done. My time for money, social instead of creating content. I love that. Going out. Yes, my, that's your comfort zone. Toxic relationships, my comfort, Netflix. Biggest battles were won at 5 a.m. I love that, Christina. Here on Instagram, relationships that hold me back, sleeping in, friends. <laughs> I know that one's hard. Um, sleeping in is, is a lot of them. All right. So number one is trade-offs are available to us throughout life. Everywhere we go, there's always going to be a trade-off that's av available for us to move into that next level. Number two, we must learn to see trade-offs as opportunities for growth. We must learn to see trade-offs as opportunities for growth. So nothing creates a greater gap between successful and unsuccessful people than the choices that we make. People make life more difficult for themselves because they make bad choices at these intersections of our life, right? Or they decline to make choices because they're afraid, because of fear. And it's important to remember that, you know, while we don't always get what we want, we always get what we choose. We don't always get what we want but we always get what we choose. The relationship that you're in, the job that you don't like, the shape that we're in, we're all one choice. We're all one trade-off away from a completely different life. 
So whenever you're faced an opportunity for a trade-off, I want you guys to ask yourself two questions. Number one, what are the pluses and minuses of this trade-off? And number two, will I go through this change or grow through this change? So the two questions that you want to ask yourself whenever you're faced with an opportunity, number one, what are the pluses and minuses of this trade-off? And number two, will I go through this change or grow through this change? So when you're looking at the pluses and minuses, the first question that you're gonna ask yourself, right? When, whenever we react to one of life's crossroads, we tend to accord to fear rather than looking at its merits, looking at what it can do for us. And then we close ourselves off from a potential opportunity. I hear it all the time with, with network marketing, right? People will look at, at this industry and they go, well, what if I don't make money? What if no one joins my team? Right? They're thinking of all the what ifs, what if it doesn't work? But if you flip that and you're like, well, what, like, what if I get the Cadillac? What if, what if I get the car? What if I earn the free trips? What if I get to quit my job and, and you know, have more time freedom? Too many people look at you know, the fear of what could happen instead of focusing on the possibilities that an opportunity has, right? Maybe you've been thinking of starting a lash, a lash business. Well, what if no one wants to get their lashes done with me? It's too hard to do lashes. It takes too much time. What if I spent all this money on the glue and the lashes and, and my lash chair and no one wants to do their lashes with me? Right? In any business, in any opportunity, more people focus on what could go wrong instead of what could go right. So by trying to figure out the pluses and the minuses of any given choice and any given opportunity that we have, it helps us deal with that fear. So whenever you guys come across an opportunity, maybe it's an event that you're invited to go to, then you're, you're like, oh, well, what if I don't know anyone there? Well, what if I have to sit alone, right? We, we think of all the fear that could come in. I want you to write down the minuses and the pluses. The pluses of going to an event, finding someone that's like-minded with you that you could partner with, getting content for your business, right? And then you're taking content of this event and then someone's watching you that's been thinking of partnering with you or getting their lashes done with you or getting their nails done with you. And because they see this event that you go to, now, now, now they trust you more because they see that it's a real thing. Whenever you write down the minuses and the pluses, the pluses are always going to outweigh the minuses. Sometimes, right? Unless it's a bad opportunity, then you'll see the minuses, right? Like, okay, someone invited me to the club tonight. I have morning mindset tomorrow. The minuses are probably going to outweigh the pluses. So you want to look at the minuses and the pluses in every situation that you're in. And when you look at cold, hard facts, you're going to be led to discover 
that we have the tendency to overestimate the value of what we currently have and underestimate the value of what we may gain by giving it up. So that was the, the first question that you wanna ask yourself. The second question was, will I go through this change or grow through this change? And good trade-offs, they're not something to be endured, right? That, that will reface a, a passive attitude and mindset. And I hear this all the time, right? Having that passive attitude and that mindset to, to opportunity, you're, you're going to hear, I hope this turns out all right. I hope this happens. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. You guys, when I started my business, I looked so much on the positive side that I was like, I'm getting that Cadillac. I am getting that trip. I am going to hit that rank. You weren't catching me talking to people like, oh, I hope this business works out. Like, why would I make any time for something that I'm hoping for? I'm going to make time for something that I know, <laughs> that I know, that, that I'm looking forward to. I hope I pay my rent this month. Like what? Right? Like, well, we need to know that we are going to get stuff done. But like, if we, if we look at good trade-offs as something to be endured, then we're going to have a passive attitude and mindset that says, I hope that this turns out all right. Instead of, you know, po positive trade-offs, they should be seen as opportunities for growth and they should be looked at to be seized. And when we grow through change, we become active and we take control of our attitude and emotions and we become positive change agents in our own life. There's an author, Dennis Waitley, and he said, a sign of wisdom and maturity is the, out, is the outcome is, is when you come to the terms with the realization that your decisions cause your rewards and your consequences. Your decisions cause your rewards and your consequences. You are responsible for your life and your ultimate success depends on the choices that you make. And I agree with this. I've determined that, you know, while others are going to live timid lives, I'm not going to. While others might see themselves as victims, I'm not going to. While others leave their future in someone else's hands, I'm not, I, I will not, that's not going to happen. While others live simple, you know, go through lives. I will, I will grow through it. I'm not just going to go through it. And that's my choice. And I'm not going to surrender that to anyone. So number one, trade-offs are available to us throughout life. And number two, we must learn to see trade-offs as opportunities for growth. Number three, Trade-offs force us to make difficult personal changes. A lot of the time I hear people, um, you know, like I said earlier, expressing that they hope that things will change. And I want to tell them the difference between 
where where we are and where we want to be is created by the changes that we are willing to make in our lives. And when you want something, you, and when you want something you never had, you have to do something that you've never done. Otherwise, you'll keep getting the same results. Right? If I'm talking about I want to be a millionaire, I want to be a millionaire, but I keep doing the things that made me a thousandaire, I'm going to keep being a thousandaire. Right? I have to get to that next level to do something I've never done, like waking up early, right? Like adding value to people in advance. When you want something you never had, you must do something you've never done. Otherwise, you will keep getting the same results. I see people that are like, well, Kat, I'm consistent. Like you're consistently doing the same thing that isn't getting you results. And you're not willing to grow and do something different because you're comfortable with what you're already doing. My goal every single month is to do something that I've never done before. Do something in my business that I haven't done yet. Do something that's been scaring me. We can't consistently be doing things that are giving us results that we don't want to see. Change in our lives, they always begin with changes that we are willing to make personally. And it's not easy, but to get ourselves over that hump, we need to remember that change is personal. To change your life, you need to change. To change your life, you need to change. Change is possible. Everyone can change. Every single one of you listening to this can change. Change is profitable. You will be rewarded when you change. And change may not always be easy, but it can always be done. There's a quote by Viktor Frankl. He's a Holocaust survivor. And he said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And we need to remember, we just need to remember that we are the key to any change that we want in our life. Kat, I would do this, but my boyfriend said this. Kat, I would do this, but my kids did this. Right? We need to stop blaming other things in our life as excuses for us to not change who we want to be. Because there's always going to be a reason not to change. There's always going to be a reason to not do what you should be doing. And we need to remember that we are the key to the change that we want to see. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And being willing to make a change is important. And so is when we make the change. You also need to know when to make it, right? Like when I, when I left my, my job, I made sure that I could pay my bills with my current business. I made sure that I was making more in my business than I was at my current job, right? You also need to know when you are going to make a change. So number three, Number three was trade-offs force us to make personal 
to make difficult personal changes. And number four is the loss of a trade-off is usually felt long before the gain. The loss of a trade-off is usually felt long before the gain. I don't know how many of you have kids <laughs> or maybe I don't know how many of you have toddlers, but I want you guys to think of a toddler who loves their blankie. They're always holding on to their blankie like it's a blue blanket, but now it's brown <laughs> and now it's time for that blankie to go into the washing machine. God forbid you take that blankie out of that baby's hand. Right. So let, let's pretend we're taking a blankie out of the baby's hand and we're putting it in a washing machine. That baby is going to cry. That baby's going to be like, where's my blankie? It doesn't have anything to hold on to. But when, when the baby gets the blankie back, it's going to be a clean blankie. It's going to smell good. It's going to be blue instead of brown. But when the blankie's in the washing machine, the baby's looking at the washing machine, crying, wanting the blankie because it doesn't realize that he's going to gain a clean blankie very, very soon. And we're a lot like the baby, right? We want to change, but we don't want to wait for the result. And often we become aware of what we have in the trade because we feel, we, we feel that loss immediately but we don't reap the benefit of the trade until days, weeks, months, years, sometimes even decades later, right? I'm a big fan of Kim Kardashian, unpopular opinion. I feel like it's becoming more popular, but I'm a big fan of like the empire and the business that she's built. I've been watching her for 10, 12 years. And she's literally someone that took a decade to start blowing up. Right? So we need to know that the loss of a trade off is usually felt long before the gain of a trade off. And these in between periods of transition, they can be a real challenge. And, you know, we, we want the outcomes, but we have to face the end of something that we like and face the uncertainty between that ending and the hoped for new beginning. We want the outcomes but we have to face the end of something that we like and face the uncertainty between that ending and the hoped for new beginning. And that change is gonna feel like a loss. Some deal with uncertainty fairly well, other people don't. Some recover from you know, psychological stress of, of change fairly quickly, others don't. And how well you do will depend partly on personality and partly on your attitude. You can't change your personality, but you can choose to have a positive attitude and focus on the upcoming benefits of the trade-offs. Okay, I have one more. Do you guys want me to save it for, for Wednesday or do you guys want me to keep going? because I know I've kept you guys for, for 45 minutes. Okay, okay, keep going, keep going. All right, the last one. What, we, what we've covered so far, the, um, the insights that will help you to understand trade-offs more. Number one, trade-offs 
are available to us throughout life. Number two, we must learn to see trade-offs as opportunities for growth. Number three, trade-offs force us to make difficult personal changes. Number four, the loss of a trade-off is usually felt long before the gain. Number five, drop a five in the chat if you're ready for the last one. Okay. Trade-offs can be made at any time. You can decide right now when you get off of this call to do something that you wouldn't normally do. Right? Maybe when you get off of this call, you would go back and lay down in bed. You can decide to trade off laying down in your bed to going on a walk. You can decide to, you know, instead of laying down in your bed, to go live on Instagram about what you just learned on this call. Instead of relaxing and, you know, watching Euphoria, the new episode two, season two is out. I'm not going to reward myself till later tonight after I'm done with everything, but I'm very excited for episode two of season two. <laughs> but, you know, number five, trade-offs can be made at any time. So there are many trade-offs in life that can be made at any time. And we can give up bad habits to acquire good ones. And we have the willpower to make that decision, right? So maybe it's getting an appropriate amount of sleep, trading in activity for exercise, developing better eating habits, right? These are all a matter of choice. When I, when I wake up for these morning mindset calls and my alarm goes off, there's never been a time where I've woken up early and I'm like, I am so happy to get up right now. Every single time my alarm goes off, I want to sleep in. Okay. And I heard Andy Frisella say this one time. So whenever my alarm goes off, I know like everyone has that feeling of, I want to stay in bed, but the separator is going to be the people that actually get out of bed. Okay. Every single time I wake up, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back to sleep after my morning mindset call. It's not going to be that long. It's going to be fine. Like I'm going to wake up, do the call. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> These are the thoughts that come into mind. I'm also like, maybe I should tell them I'm going to do it at 10 a.m. Maybe I should tell them, like, maybe I should move them to 12 p.m. But I'm like, no, I need to stick to what I said. And I, I need to make the choice that I'm going to get out of bed and stick to my word and do what I said that I was going to do. I can promise you no one wakes up at the crack of dawn or at 7 a.m. And it's like, I don't want to sleep in. Or ve very few people. All right. I know some people, they, they wake up as early risers on their own, but very few people. Right. And, and I hope that somewhere in the future that I, I start like, OK, I, this is a thing now. But for me, like I am like, I, I just want to sleep in. But I force myself because it's a choice that I have to make. And every time that I have made the decision to sleep in, I wake up. I'm like, why didn't I just wake up early? Why didn't I just do it? I like regret not waking up early every time I sleep in, right? It feels good in the moment. But 
I, I know that if I wake up early and make the decision to do what, you know, makes me feel fulfilled, I do these calls, I finish my lesson and I'm like, I'm going to go on a, on a run after this. Like, I don't feel like going back to bed right now. Like, I'm not going to go back to bed. But those were my thoughts when I first woke up. And the sooner that we make the right decisions, the better. And most of the time, they're not time-driven. And if we make, you know, a bad trade-off, we tend to panic, right? We have that feeling that we, we've blown it, we've, we, we've blown it off, and it can never be recovered. But that is not true, right? Most of the time, we can make choices that will help us to come back. And I, I know it's been true for me. I've made more than my share of poor trade-offs, but I know that I've had many U-turns and I've recovered. Last year, when I, when I reached the, the highest point of success in my business, I decided that I could take as much time off as I want. I decided that I could go out every weekend now. I can go out to dinner every night now. I started hanging out with, you know, people in the party scene and I started doing things that didn't get me to where I was. And I slowly, my life started slowly going back to how it was before. The life that I wanted to change started creeping back in because of the choices that I decided to make. But I quickly made a U-turn. I got out of that scene. I moved to a new city. I put new um, routines into my life. And I knew I was like, okay, I'm starting from day one again because that, that two months, that three months of me putting myself behind put me a year behind. And I knew I had to make the choice to, instead of, like sitting back and letting it slow down, I had to step it up and do what I did in the beginning. Because if I've done it once, I know I can do it again. There's a poem here that I want to read to you guys. It's by Carl Bard. Okay, and it expresses the power of making good choices after making bad ones. Though no one can go back and make a brand new start, my friend, Anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Though no one can go back and make a brand new start, my friend, anyone can start from now and make a new beginning. So when it comes to choices, never say never. Life is too full of rich possibilities to have that kind of restriction placed upon us we must give up to grow up. It's the law of trade-offs. Okay, so the five insights that I gave you guys today, number one, trade-offs are available to us throughout life. Number two, we must learn to see trade-offs as opportunities for growth. Number three, trade-offs force us to make difficult personal changes. Number four, the loss of a trade-off is usually felt long before the gain. It's my favorite one, I'm gonna repeat it. The loss of a trade-off is usually felt long before the gain. And number five, 
Trade-offs can be made at any time. So this is a recap of the law of trade-offs. It's a chapter in the 15 invaluable laws of growth. I'm gonna do a part two on the laws of trade-off on Wednesday. There is more on this that I want to teach and share with you guys. I am so grateful for all of you. We are creating a mindset that will help us leave a legacy in our life. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern time, I will be doing these calls and connecting with all of you. You guys can join my Telegram chat to get access to all of these calls, get the live Zoom calls. The link is in my bio. Um, my Instagram is Kat from Kauai. Same with my YouTube and my podcast is Life with Cat. You guys can watch reruns there and I will upload um, some of the recordings there, the ones that um, really stand out to me. Um, so I, I put that in the chat, Kat from Kauai, K-A-T-F-R-O-M-K-A-U-I. The Telegram link is in the link in my bio. All of the questions that you guys have on what I said, if you want me to repeat anything, you can watch the rerun on my IGTV um, and keep a lookout for my YouTube and my podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll upload this there. But thank you guys so much for spending your morning with me. I am so grateful for all of you and I will see you on Wednesday morning.